You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Lucinda Larnock. This is the WFHB Local News for Thursday, September 15th, 2022. Disbelief was my first feeling, like just shock. Later in the program, the Indiana abortion ban goes into effect today. More coverage on the near total ban on abortion in today's State House Roundup. In today's installment of Voices in the Street, public opinion polls in the streets of Bloomington, WFHB's youth radio attended Bloomington's ninth annual Pride Fest to interview local residents. More in the bottom half of our show. But first, your State House Roundup. Good afternoon. This is your State House Roundup. I'm Benedict Jones. The Indiana abortion ban went into effect on Thursday, consisting of very narrow exceptions, including in cases of medical emergencies, incest, and rape. This makes Indiana the latest state to ban abortion since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. The ACLU, Planned Parenthood, and other abortion care providers challenged the ban in court with hearings set for September 19th. Ken Falk, legal director for ACLU Indiana, said in a statement, quote, With multiple lawsuits pending in Indiana courts, we remain confident that the courts will see this law for what it is, a flagrant attack on the rights of Hoosiers. This fight is far from over. We'll continue doing everything in our power to restore abortion access in Indiana as soon as possible, end quote. Facilities that provide abortion will no longer be able to perform the procedure, limiting abortion services, for rare exceptions, to hospital settings. If an abortion is performed outside of the limited exceptions, parties involved are subject to a level 5 felony punishable by one to six years of imprisonment, with a fine of up to $10,000. In an interview with WFHB, Dr. Jennifer Droback, professor of law at the Robert H. McKinney School of Law at Indiana University, said the law interferes with basic medical care. Basically, this bill is the regulation uh, by lawmakers of medical care. And it's second-guessing doctors and their patients with respect to what medical care can be offered in the state of Indiana. Dr. Droback said that the policy will hurt Indiana beyond substandard medical care, negatively impacting Indiana's economy. And this is going to have a ripple effect beyond medical care, beyond the autonomy of people who become pregnant, and beyond sort of the this notion of how should we regulate abortion, it's also going to have an impact on the economy. Because how many people of childbearing years are going to want to move to Indiana if they know that if they get pregnant here, they probably won't be able to access needed medical care here? 
why would you move to a place that doesn't have excellent medical care? And I know that businesses and corporations are probably going to either move their headquarters or considering not consider not having their conventions here because of this type of overly intrusive regulation of people who become pregnant and their families. Meanwhile, according to the latest report by American Health Rankings and the Indiana Department of Health, Indiana ranks seventh among the worst states for infant mortality. WFHB News will continue to follow the abortion ban and the lawsuit against it as Indiana grapples with a policy that will likely impact the state for years to come. That's all for your State House Roundup. I'm Lucinda Larnock. Hello, this is WFHB News Director Cade Young, and we are live in the studio with our newest volunteer journalist, Clayton Young. Welcome to the program, Clayton. It's great to be had. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me here, Cade. Yeah, we are so glad you are in the building today and helping us out for our fun drive. So, um, Clayton, first off, I wanted to ask you, so far since you've been at WFHB, what do you make of this community radio station? I really enjoy the community and grassroots aspect of it. You guys aren't beholden to advertisers or sponsors, and you tell the facts how they are. And that really attracted me to uh, to your service, essentially, because with the state of journalism how it is, I'm really excited to be working for a, a system where advertisers don't get the final say and the facts are presented straight. Well, Clayton, that is so great to hear. That's what we want to hear from our volunteers. You know, the fact that we're not corporate funded. I think that's a truly amazing thing about community radio. And, you know, tying back to the segment we just heard, Clayton, today, a near total ban on abortion goes into effect in Indiana. And um, I was just wondering, would you talk about the importance of local media when it comes to reckless policies by officials at the state level? Caden, it's as simple as this. Journalism is the voice of the people. And what you have here at WFHB, you have certainly created an environment where community members feel represented <clears throat> represented within the uh, the community broadcast spectrum, which honestly has been taken has been taking over by larger uh, countrywide organizations and has really left the grassroots systems to be uh, well, I guess left behind in the dirt. Um, so, so community radio, I think, plays a very valuable part uh, in expressing the views of of these uh, officials' constituents, uh, which I don't think they're reminded of nearly enough. And community radio helps helps to do that by putting it out there in a pretty accessible way. You guys are on the radio, but you're also on the internet, which I think is is a great way to get your message out there. Most definitely. Thank you so much, um, you know, for, you know, talking up community radio. We, we really appreciate that. Anytime. Yeah. And, and listen, 
WFHB News needs your support during our fall fund drive to serve as a watchdog over those in power and deliver important news and information to you right here in our community. That's right. We're trying to raise $200 during this show to continue bringing you the local news four nights a week on WFHB. Call 812-323-1200 or visit WFHB.org to make a donation through our website. We need your help now more than ever. Support independent journalism today. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for your consideration. Thank you. Earlier this year, Indiana legislators voted to ban abortion with limited exceptions after hours of compelling testimony in opposition. WFHB News correspondent Cade Young and Noel Herhusky Schneider traveled to Indianapolis to speak with protesters on July 25th as the state debated the proposed abortion ban. In light of that ban going into effect today, we revisit this archived feature report from Indianapolis. Demonstrators gathered outside the Indiana State House to protest Indiana's proposed abortion ban. Indiana is among the first states to consider a ban on abortion after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the landmark 1973 case, Roe v. Wade. Abortion bans are expected to happen in about half of the U.S. states. WFHB News attended the protest outside the State House and spoke with several demonstrators to capture how they feel regarding the state's proposed ban on abortion. Catherine, a protester from Floyd County in southern Indiana, walked through her reasoning for attending the protest. Um, I'm here today to just protest for abortion rights. They're deciding on an abortion bill. This is the first date of the session, and I'm just here to fight for it and voice my opinion. I mean, as someone that has a uterus and has the ability to, like, make life, it's pretty terrifying because I want to become a doctor and, like, I don't want to have to do anything that would put that in jeopardy because I, I plan to wait a while if I ever plan to have kids, and, like, this could affect my future very drastically. Diana and Jasmine came to the protest to let their legislators know that they do not support their rights being taken away from them. Um, I came today just because, you know, there's been a lot going on surrounding the Roe versus Wade being overturned, and now with, you know, Indiana um, looking to make changes to the abortion laws here, and I just... You know, I'm not super hopeful that they're gonna, our legislators are going to change their mind on the, you know, legislation that they're proposing. But I want them to know that uh, Hoosiers don't agree with, you know, having strict regulations and that kind of thing. So this is our future. And like, I'm young, so I care about like what happens to my body. It's my choice. So I feel like people should know and understand. Yeah. Diana and Jasmine explained how they felt when they learned that Roe v. Wade had been overturned. 
For me, I mean, I was, it was such a depressing day that day just because it had been, you know, settled into law and the fact that they, you know, totally overturned it and, you know, just taking that right away from women was, it felt so unfair. Anger, a lot of built up anger because I feel like, once again, it's my body, so, yeah. You're listening to an archived feature report from July 25th of this year when WFHB correspondents Kate Young and Noel Hahashi Schneider travelled to Indianapolis to speak with protesters before legislators passed the near-total ban on abortion. Today, that abortion ban goes into effect. We turn back to this archived report. Can we get your name? My name's Diamond. What brings you here to the protest today? I just wanted to feel more united with more people that feel similarly in my beliefs. I didn't want to sit at home anymore or sit back. And how did you feel when you found out Roe v. Wade was overturned? Like, in that moment, how did you feel? Disbelief was my first feeling, like just shock. Unfortunately, not total shock in our government that it happened, but just like that it actually went through, that we did it, like as a people that they did it. How do you feel about both sides being here and the debate itself, what does it feel like to you? I'm shaking right now. It's uncomfortable to see that Specifically women, we don't all agree as women. Like To see that y'all truly don't believe we don't have a right, that someone could say what you are supposed to do with your own body. Because specifically it makes me, I think about like women that have disabilities that cannot carry children, you're forcing them to carry their children. It's like putting more hardships and I think about like the after of like making them carry children and it's more to it than just having the baby. There's no support after. It's the mental health that comes after. I don't just think about the physical. It's the mental health, and it's like, it, there's no support for that part. So it's hard to see it's not, we can come together on other things. Why can't we come together on a human right? So it's disappointing to see it like this. What do you expect to happen with the bill being passed? What do you expect Indiana to do? Not much. Like, because of how our state is, like, and let me preface this with saying, like, I don't follow much in the government, honestly. But when it's something that pertains to me, like, I do want to, like, get more involved. And I think this is, like, how I started, like, my first answer, why I want to be here. I don't want to sit around anymore. This pertains to me. So this is a part of me, like, getting more involved. So I don't think too much will change, but I do hope that there is support for the women that they are allowing to get the abortions. I hope that it's easier for them to get them and less like hoops to go through and that it's support after the um, the process. I hope it gets out and there is more support for just basic human rights and community. WFHB News spoke with two protesters, KK and Ayla, both from Indianapolis. Here's what they had to say. Um, we're here to fight for our rights and to 
help people understand what actually goes on with abortions and how in a lot of cases they can actually help people. And then I'm here just to fight for bodily autonomy and for people to have choices over their own body. Well, the bill doesn't make any exceptions for the health of the mother, so it's only if she's going to die because of the baby and not if, like, she will have some other chronic condition because of it or something like that. And it's just not enough because it says, because rape or incest, that says that women can only have bodily autonomy over their own body when it's been taken away from them because of rape. So I think it's really awful. She covered a lot, but I think that the bill doesn't cover everything. There are trans women who it doesn't apply to and a few, like a lot more. So it's not enough. What do you expect to happen this week when it comes to Indiana abortion laws? Not good. We have a super majority in the House and the Senate of Republicans. So there's a really good chance it's gonna pass. Best case scenario, somehow the Democrats get an amendment make it ever so slightly worse. Maybe they'll add in health of the mother or something like that, but it's not going to be pretty. Um, okay, with with abortion rights being in jeopardy here in Indiana, how does this make you feel? Really angry, but so like when, the, when they authored the bill last week, I cried. But now, you know, I was upset, but now here I am trying to put that frustration and anger into something positive and to making change. So. It made me sad. Just like KK, I cried as well. Um, because it's unfortunate, really. But like she said, we're out here trying to teach people and educate them on what they can do for us, for the majority of Americans and people around the world. Indiana legislators passed the abortion ban one week later on August 5th. Governor Eric Holcomb signed the legislation shortly thereafter. The ban goes into effect today on September 15th, with a lawsuit pending from ACLU Indiana, Planned Parenthood, and other abortion care providers. back and I'm Noelle here with Clayton in the air room and Clayton you mentioned that you covered some government meetings when you studied at IU that's right oh no yes (laughs) thank you yeah how does volunteering at WFHB differ from that uh, to, to be honest, it doesn't uh, differentiate too much, but there are some unexpected challenges to go through. Um, I, I'm not as familiar with uh, the CATS uh, website as, as I am now, I guess, a little bit am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, uh, covering the government meetings is essentially, I feel like, broadly similar to my studies at IU, where just have to take notes, keep an eye out for any interesting like quotations. Uh, definitely be sure to get people's names down and uh, to, to fact check your stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have to say there's some, some really interesting differences. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes you don't have all the information you need. And sometimes the people in the government 
don't update their information. So you have to really dig around and try to get into the nitty gritty of it. (laughs) Did you know that Herman B. Wells himself gave significant contributions and donations to WFHB when we started? (gasps) I did not. Do tell. (laughs) Well, he donated to WFHB for this very purpose of students like yourself and myself and other people in the news department uh, could have an outlet to get more experience and to put those studies to use um, from a place that wasn't IU related and some like hands-on real world experience where you're actually covering these meetings and other people are listening to them on the air, like whoever's listening right now. Um, Whoever you are. So you are giving students IU and community members who just live in Bloomington who want to be a part of the news a chance and an opportunity to not only like have a part in making the news um, but they get training and get to be a part of this community and this community radio so we would really appreciate your financial support and Clayton how can they support us uh well uh you guys can call 812-323-1200. Again, that's 812-323-1200 to make a donation over the phone. Or you can donate online at wfhb.org and make a safe and secure donation through our website. Help us reach $200 to make our goal for this program. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Up next is the newest edition of Voices in the Street, featuring public opinion polls from members of the LGBTQ plus community in Bloomington. We turn to Youth Radio's Marty Abadi and Miles Petro for more. This is Voices in the Street, WFHB's monthly public opinion feature, providing the members of our community the opportunity to have their voices heard. On Saturday, August 27th, the 9th annual Bloomington Pride Fest was held. Ranked as the best college town celebration of pride in the country, the festival was held by Bloomington Pride, a non-profit organization committed to advocacy for the LGBTQ community. With a myriad of activists, live music, drag shows, local businesses, and community members all participating to show their support, it was a celebration representative of the wondrous diversity of identity. As such, WFHB Community Radio was sure to partake in the event, capturing the festivity by interviewing local residents with the question, what brings you to Pride Fest and what does the celebration mean to you? It's just a very, very safe, like, nice environment. I see all my homies. It's a community, and you can tell it's a community. Everybody's talking. Everybody's having a good time. I'm coming because I want to be here to support fellow members of my LGBTQ plus community. This sort of festival shows you can see where we were before, how far we've come, and what we need to focus on in the future. It means having fun and remembering that you've overcame a lot of hardships in your life to be where you are now. 
It's just, it's just really cool to see like a very explicit celebration of our identities and stuff. It's very accepting and positive, which is great. Just being able to stand with other people who, you know, whether they're transgender, whether they're intersex, queer, whatever part of the community, just being able to come out here, show our support, and see how local businesses make an impact and really show their support to this community is just really exciting and wonderful. I love coming here because they have all the vendors and like during the day and I really like supporting small businesses of course so I like coming out here and doing that. Bloomington was actually my first pride so it just like holds a special place in my heart. This is my first ever pride and I'm just excited to be here because I'm gay. Seeing all the beautiful people out here is really nice. It's a good place for me to like feel good about myself and for me to like express myself and feel like other people are actually acknowledging that, if that makes sense. It's kind of just cool to be around a bunch of people that I know like understand me. It's a nice environment. Pride is like the one place I feel is like my place. There's no use for misgendering here. There's no use to being homophobic here. That doesn't fly, so I feel really accepted here. I think that it's just like a space where you can sort of express yourself and be among your community and it's a very fun place to be. Other events aren't like this because there's a lot more camaraderie here, I feel. Yeah, yeah. All audio recorded by Marty Abadi, produced and edited by Miles Petro. This has been Voices in the Street, WFHB's monthly public opinion feature of candid, local commentary about our world today. Voices in the Street is a volunteer-powered joint production of our news department and youth radio program here on WFHB, 91.3 98.1 FM, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Our feature was produced by Cade Young and Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. Voices in the Street is produced by Youth Radio. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. WFHB, I'm Lisa Delanick. And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The WFHB News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters WFHB wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program.
Stay tuned for Big Talk, a one-on-one conversation with some of Bloomington's most fascinating people. Coming up next on WFHB. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 